Hey everyone, happy to have you here for another episode of Legacy Matters. Today, as usual, we will talk about whatever comes up with a slight leaning toward discussions of preserving your legacy, preparing for things to come, and sharing stories we find amusing. Good. So, uh, Jim, morning. You? Yeah, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, we've got a guest. <laughs> so, uh, Sarah is not with us, unfortunately. She's a little under the weather today. So, uh, it's just Jim and I, and our guest is Catherine Gillis, who uh, we have worked with now for a little over a year. Uh, eight uh, months, a year, something, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Or a year. I think we've got an anniversary coming up. Yeah, I don't actually he, know. He doesn't do time. He's an artist. <laughs> no, I don't. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it so, all kind of blends together. Seventeen years we've known Catherine, according to Jim. <laughs> uh, now we've been working with Catherine for about a year on very specifically on our Andalin project, um, and then whatever other endeavors we now are entering into. Mm-hmm. Uh, Catherine, your company is Mobile Composer. It is. Yep. And Mobile Composer is a? Mobile Composer is a a company that we formed around a platform that we have. It's a technical platform in which people can create, manage, and deploy native mobile apps as well as other apps, you know, software products that run on web, IoT, um, AI, for those of you who aren't familiar, that would be artificial intelligence. So <laughs> that's the one uh, I did understand. Yeah, that, same with me. I was like, oh, I, the, yeah. the IoT. Right. IoT of, is yeah, uh, Internet of Things, oh, and so connected oh. devices. Oh, so when I didn't know that. Yeah. So I've heard it a lot, and it's funny because we're in the tech world. But uh, I've never. Hear I've heard Internet of Things, and I've heard right. IoT, right. but I've never I've, put them together. Yeah. Yeah, right. never connected the right. dots. Right. So is that is that to say that like like you guys, if I have a microwave at home that talks to me and a refrigerator that of another brand that you guys know how to deal with those you, things? It, it, we can. We certainly can. We can create apps that will can move your windows up and down or um, healthcare. There are a lot of healthcare applications that uh, are right. exploding sounds... right now around IoT and how can you use uh, software to mm-hmm. everything from power your pacemaker to yeah. you know um, improve outcomes in a, a variety of ways. Oh so. well, that that sounds a lot more important than uh, my toaster and my yeah, TV that, and my microwave. You, you took it up a notch, yeah, Catherine, yeah. <laughs> Healthcare is always from the window to the pacemaker. <laughs> um, well, I, I guess I will. So, Catherine, mm-hmm. thanks for coming in. Sure. Yeah. Um, this has been kind of a long time in the making, and I will uh, say that we. I'm going to put in a little plug for you because uh, we. So we have. We have all different types of guests, and and of course the theme is life and legacy, and our our audience yep. knows that. Our audience that used to be just one, Greg, but yep. now it's Sarah's it's grown. Dad. Yep. Um, but uh, we we have all different types of guests, and uh, th- this is a fun opportunity for us to talk to someone who has really helped us out a lot in the last year. So, Mobile Composer, you kind of went mm-hmm. through the nuts and bolts of what. Mobile Composer does. 
I would say for uh, those who aren't into the tech world, um, we had what we believed to be a really good idea. That idea uh, required a digital solution to make mm -hmm. it work. Uh, we we figured that out what within a few weeks after we because yeah. at first yeah. Jim you and I were going to sit down and we were going to write on paper <laughs> so we were going to go to our client's house and help them sort of legacy uh, their heirlooms and, and yeah kind tell of, the story of objects the story of yeah the, of the, the objects the in art their house. the right. heirlooms yep. all of that mm -hmm. right um, and, and that got extinguished very fast because. Couple I mean, weeks. obviously, I'm not going to the house with pen and paper, and neither are you. No. So we're like, well, that no, it doesn't was a, make sense. It was, an, it was an analog idea that turned digital very, it was. very it was quickly. Like, Gee, guys, I think there's an app for that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. At least very close, very right. soon. Yeah, so so that's where Andalyn came from. And then, and then we kind of went on this quest to find the right people to help develop mm -hmm. it. And yeah. uh, very fortunately, we were referred by uh, good old Ken Goldman to you folks at Mobile Composer and um, the the quality of service that you've given us and the um, your just ability to work with us and to help us understand we weren't in the digital world in the digital building world or whatever this is uh, it's, it's been, been a great journey, it really actually. Has. It has been a great journey for us as well, um, both because um, sort of the overall, and we'll get to maybe talking about it in more detail, what Andalyn is trying to do in terms of preserving legacy and sharing memories is really pretty extraordinary. Um, and the Andalyn team, you, you know, Jim and Sam and Sarah has been amazing to work with. It's like one of those sort of dream clients with a, a really important idea that's Aww. new and fresh and happy to be part of that. But also, um, even from a technical standpoint, um, Lauren, uh, Horsager, the CEO of Mobile Composer and my business partner, um, you know, I think he told me for the first time the, ever, the other day that we actually touched every permission that Apple has for right, launching an app, right. which is so that the, while I, people using the app, I hope will experience it as something that is simple, easy to use, elegant in its uh, presentation. Behind the scenes, technically, it's actually very complex. Yeah, it, it is a... Uh well, we talk about it in, in terms of it being a scrapbook. And if you, I'm not a person who has built scrapbooks, but I have put together uh, albums, photo half a dozen albums. photo yeah. albums. Yep. And, and even that task, just, just taking, so I, you know, this is when I was working at camp, especially. So I've got the, a summer's worth of photos. Well, that stacks up for 10 years. Now I've got 10 summers worth of photos. I've got to go through, organize them, lay them all out, figure out, is it, are, am I chronologically putting these in? Am I, mm -hmm. are they grouped in a certain way? That task was daunting. And I did it 10 years ago once, built three albums and I'm done. So the idea of scrapbooking, it's not an easy process. Mm -hmm. And I know that it's going to take people a little while to understand exactly how Andalyn Work simplifies exactly. that somewhat, mm -hmm. but it's uh, it's still. I know there'll be a little barrier uh, with 
with kind of the complexity of it. But behind the scenes, man, it is it is doing a lot of things. Mm-hmm. It is doing a lot of things. And it's more than way more than just, I mean, organizing photos. That's certainly something you can do. And it's part of it. But more so than that, it's around creating memories of, you know, using objects, people, places and events. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's it's, um, you Thanks know, for pointing that out. Whole people. Hopefully wake up in the morning and hopefully whole people go to bed at night. And and so Andlin really supports that. Right. Um, I think one of the ways you described it to me early on, Sam, was that Andlin is sort of a presidential library for family and friend groups. Yeah. And I think that makes a lot of sense. Oh, um, that's funny. That's the one I like. It, it yeah. doesn't resonate mm-hmm. with everyone. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah, the presidential library analogy is... Is that you know when you when you go to a presidential library, which I have not yet been to any presidential I'd library. I'd like to go. Oh, Maybe we I need a I know. Well, really, I been I, to I've been any. to many. Have you? Yeah, just yeah. because they happen to be in places where I've I've been visiting. But I would say the JFK Library oh, in, God, I'm sure in Boston is extraordinary. Mm-hmm. Just you know the IMP building right on the water, but then also the objects that are housed there and the stories around mm-hmm. those See, objects. See, and that's that's why I think that's such an apt analogy because it I mean that's my understanding of a presidential library is you go in and it's it's a library to a single person right and, right. and the life that that single person right. led and so you, you in building your own Andlin uh, library you're building your own little presidential library mm-hmm. but just like a presidential library mm-hmm. uh, you can add other people can fill in all the parts too so right. so that was early on when we were talking I remember like everyone deserves their own library mm-hmm. sort of you right. know yeah. and everyone has a legacy everyone has a story yeah and how do you tell that and how do you organize it how do you hand it down through and, generations and share too? it yeah exactly yeah. yeah well this is uh yeah we don't usually get we don't this talk about deep into Andalin about usually Andalin. but well, of course it makes sense you've been working on it <laughs> But let's, yeah, you're the you one know, putting it together. Let me, well, yeah. that's true. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, and let me, I mean, maybe we can segue into how I can see using Andalyn sure. for my own personal story and why it was so appealing to me. I mean, we're uh, located up, our offices are in northeast Minneapolis, and I feel like it's I've, it's like going home again. I spent a lot mm-hmm. of time, even though my, my childhood home was not in northeast, um, you know, my I, my dad grew up in Dinkytown, and my mom grew up in a house on 27th and Lincoln. So she was a Northeast girl, yeah. uh, daughter of of uh, first generation Polish and uh, Slovakian immigrants. Okay. So it was a mixed marriage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Polish and Slovakian. Mm-hmm. About 40 miles apart on the map, but, right, right. you know, but a, a world of difference. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, and part of my, you know, I really understood the value of Andalyn from a really personal level early on, I think anyway, because of my own family story, which was... Um, you know, my my uh, grandmother, my great grandmother, emigrated here from Poland, um, and had contact with her family up until the beginning of World War II, as you might imagine, sure. and yeah. then all contact ceased. And this was a a very painful thing for my grandmother for a long, 
long time. They used to send money home in coffee cans, mm, hidden yeah. in the in the coffee grounds, as sure. if they were sending coffee as a gift. But the you know her her mother and siblings knew to look look for the cash in, sure. inside the coffee can. And there were letters that went back and forth, and and those letters as, uh, essentially stopped. And so as my grandmother grew older, it was really important for her to kind of understand maybe what happened or where she was from. She never had the opportunity to travel. And by the time, you know, I was looking into this in the early 90s as a, a young person, um, you know, she was wheelchair bound and that wouldn't have been an option for her. So it was something I wanted to do for her. And what all the only thing we had to go on really was my great grandmother's baptismal certificate yeah. and a handful of really old um, letters that could easily fall apart someday. Right. Yep. So um, I hope to get those letters and that certificate scanned into Andalyn really I soon. I was just wondering. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. Preserve <laughs> because them. Because you want to, you know, you want mm-hmm. to preserve them even if the physical objects may la- not last forever. Um, and those are some pretty thin threads. Those I mean. are some very thin threads. But um, so that that's really all we had to go on. And... Um, I had no connections. We had no connections in Poland whatsoever. Right. Uh, so I went to Holy Cross Church, which is a Polish Catholic Polish parish up here in Northeast Minneapolis, mm-hmm. um, and said, "Do you have anybody you know who could translate these letters for me?" Oh my gosh! And um, and tell me where this because I could tell I couldn't figure out where on the map. Um, that the baptismal certificate was pointing to, but I knew that it had some geographic information on it. I just couldn't find it on a map. And as it turns out, well, yeah, Przotna is a town of about a hundred people in southeastern Poland, so right. it's not going to show up on on the map. Right. Um, at least not the maps that I had. <laughs> right. So <laughs> anyway, um, they uh, I went and they said, "Well, why don't you wait for a minute? We actually have a Polish priest on staff." Like, okay. And he was, I literally just went there thinking maybe I would set up an appointment with somebody or they could send me to a translator. And out comes uh, Father Mishka. And he sat me down and he looked at what I had in front of me and he said, you don't speak any Polish? And I said, nope. And you've never been there before? And I said, nope. And he said, you have no connection to your relatives there? And I said, nope. And he said, you'll never make it. I said, uh, well, I'm going. My trip is scheduled. I leave on September 10th. And when was this? This what? was in 1990. Okay. Okay. So a long time ago. Yeah. Um, and you're going by yourself? I'm going by myself. Okay. I'm going yeah. by myself. I had, I had uh, in my early 20s, both worked full-time and gone to graduate school. And mm-hmm. so I, w- I literally just graduated, got my uh, master's in organizational leadership, and um, my company had paid for it and the commitment was I had to stay a year after that. Um, and I did to the day and then I quit my job and said, I'm taking a year <laughs> <Right>. off. <laughs> so I did not have I the, <laughs> I did not have the experience that many people had in their twenties of having a lot of fun. And, mm. and so I felt like I had, uh, earned this. Yeah. Um, so Anyway, I had saved enough money, and my first, I was going to Europe, I was going to travel for four or five months, and then spend part of that time in Poland. 
um, doing this research. But you were told you weren't going to make it. I wasn't. <laughs> so Father did Mishka. he translate um, the letters like yes, right then and there? Or did he, he did. say come back? You know, next nope. week and I'll. No, and um, uh, Father Mishka was. Um, I don't want to say a typical Polish man, because that sounds a little whatever, but he looked at the letters and he said, yeah, there's really nothing here. Mm-hmm. And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, you know, the, they, it's in this, he said, first of all, you should know, these are peasant, this is peasant Polish. This isn't real Polish language. And I said, well, I would expect that. Right. You know, right. the, the, the letters were from the early part of the last century right and yes in fact my relatives would be peasants you know right. <laughs> so, right. like, so. there's, something, like right. there's something wrong with that so but oh, you, you know the letters basically said things like um you know the cow is sick um that we killed some of the chickens last week. Um, there wasn't a lot there. God, you're, I'm tearing up. Uh, honestly, that right. I mean, that's that's life. Right. Like, that's the, right. You know, why wouldn't they be telling right. you that the cow is sick? And- Although there was one line in there that he shared with me that I thought was really poignant, and that is, it was a letter that had been sent early on, just during the First World War, and it said, "I do not understand." This was from my great-grandmother's sister to her. And it's, I do not understand why all these people have to die because one prince was shot. Right. Hmm. Yeah. And that, you know, that really, um, if you've watched those episodes of Downton Abbey with, mm-hmm. with the World War One episodes, and um, that was such a, it was really the beginning of the 30 years war world well, you can mm-hmm. look at world war 1 and world war 2 as really one yeah one, one continuum one continuum but anyway it was just it was very moving to me to just even hear that one line and the thought that was in that and so right. um i said well thank you for your time i am going anywhere and he's he's i'm going anyway and he said wait um i will call a friend to help you so I sat there in his office, and there was a long exchange on the phone. He literally called Poland, and then he said, you will go to my friend. When you arrive in Poland, when you get off the train in Krakow, so my, where my relatives were, were it was about, um, I don't know, about a 50 kilometers southeast of Krakow. Yep. Um, and so uh, he said, you will take the train to Krakow. When you get off the train, walk to the Hotel Krakowia. Now, remember, this is pre-internet, oh, pre-iPhone. Yeah. Yeah. Pre, uh, pre any, any anything phone. that you would, you know. He's calling I mean, long distance, right. big time. But I, if, I if, love this part, it, analog world. Well, because in some ways, my experience would be so different. I might have mm-hmm. not even gone to him if I had had my iPhone, as We're, I do now, because right. I have a translation app on it. Right. You know, uh-huh. but right. I didn't have that available to me. So so he said, walk to the Krako- Hotel Krakowia and call my friend Renata and she will help you. So what I didn't realize is that he and Renata had been friends for a long time and that on the phone, the conversation going back and forth had actually been rather heated. She was angry with him about something, uh-huh. nothing to do with me. But when I got to the Hotel Krakowia, <laughs> <laughs> I called Renata. She said, wait there, I will come to you. And she came and she found me and I stayed in her home for three weeks. 
She found, she didn't have a car, but she found someone who had a car who could drive. She knew how to translate the birth certificate and where to go. Um, It was just, she became a very, very dear friend. Um, And she was the one, once I got there, after a few days, she told me, you know, I told him in the beginning I would not help you because I was very angry with him. (laughs) (laughs) No, I did not know that. But I could not, I said, no, I didn't know that. But um, I said, are we okay? She, you know, she was delightful. Of course she was. uh, um, Yes. And you always have to be careful. I learned very quickly when you go to Poland to be careful about what you say you like and you don't, because if you go into someone's home and say they serve you something, you say, oh, what a pretty plate, then they want to give you that plate. You know, it may be their one and only prized possession, (laughs) um, uh, but they want to give it to you. Um, And it's very, which which is, I mean, just even little things that I learned there, like it's very common, they have common garden plots and everybody grows things, including hazelnuts and apricots. And I, I grew up not understanding why my grandmother and my mom and all her sisters, you know, a lot lot of the delicacies that we would eat at holidays involved hazelnuts and apricots and then I understood it's right. like because they were grown there and they were traditional you know, they were you know whether we knew it or not those mm-hmm. were part of our our legacy our history right. our ancestral consciousness so anyway um she drove uh, not and her friends drove me to Projatna, and I'm I'm not even sure to this day that I pronounce it correctly. Which is a, <laughs> right. and the first image you see as you're driving up as along the side of the road, there are a lot of crosses, and a lot of uh, stars, uh, Star of Davids, um, where people were were shot. Yeah, and they remain to this day. And we pulled up to the church, and in the church there's a bell tower without any bells in it. And I later found out that it's because as the Nazis came through that part of Poland, mm-hmm. it was actually uh, at a point in the war when they were short on natural resources. And so they removed the bells to go smelt them, yeah. to turn mm-hmm. them melted into... Melted them down. Right. Melted them, melted them down. Wow. And, um, and they never replaced them. After right. the war, they were never replaced because they, they saw that as a way of preserving the memory of what right. happened. Mm-hmm. Yep. So... Um, we knocked on the door of the little church from which this baptismal certificate yeah. was from. God, I'm dying. To, I'm dying to know how this all there. turns out. Well, it, it's a, you know, it's so, uh, and this very young, earnest priest answered the door and was a little bit stunned, but he looked at the certificate and said, yet yeah, we have the records going wow. back. Um, but you will have to wait because... The older priest who was in charge of the parish was taking his nap and he they were in some locked case and only he had the key. Okay. So we, um, and whether this is his way of extending the visit or finding out if we're for real or whatever, but we sat and had tea with him for a couple of hours until um, uh, the older priest had awakened from his nap and then he came out yeah. and uh, he said, we can go look. And he took us, uh, into this room on the side of the church, and they did, in fact, based on the baptismal certificate, they had them cataloged. They were able to find <laughs> the record wow. of, um, you know, my great great grandparents, and they actually had five children, and they had the baptismal dates of all five children, which was really interesting. Uh, one of my 
great, I don't think we knew this either. You find out little things like one of my great grandmother's sisters was named Mariana. And if you translate that literally into English, it's Mary Jane. And my mom has a sister, Mary Jane. Sure. Um, and uh, I can't help but thinking that that was, you know, intentional in some way that maybe my great grandmother influenced my grandma to call her that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but they had them listed. They had some of them with marriage dates. Um, and then there were a lot of blanks. And my grand, my great grandmother, who was named Apollonia, translated into English as Pauline. Okay. Um, she was her. She was listed with her be- baptismal date, but then of course there was no other information because she left when she was seventeen. I mean, I I don't want to interrupt your story. I have I have a few questions. Oh sure. I, yeah. No, please. Yeah. Is that okay? Oh, of course. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to. Like the suspense is killing me, but at the same time, like this is a this is a right. World it's War One, World War Two story. This is right. there's likely not a happy ending in right. some of this, right? Right. But um, what what year did your great grandmother come to the United States? Or great great? Yeah, yeah great, it was my great. It was my great grandmother. Great grandmother. Um. So, she came uh, late eighteen hundreds. So, okay. um. And then she, uh, as the story goes, and this has been borne out now through some other research where she was on the same, same ship as my great, uh, my great grandfather was that she was the youngest in the family and she wanted to marry, but the protocol was uh, you couldn't, you had to marry in birth order and her older sisters weren't getting married fast enough. Okay. So she left in, uh, let's see. Uh, 17 years before 1900. I'm not good at math. So 1883. Yep. And came here. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, 1883 is... So is, how old was she then when she came? 17. 17. So 17. she's 17 years old. She's from a small village in Poland. Poland, right. Uh, Gets on a ship. America yeah. is still yeah. kind of in reconstruction after right. uh, the Civil War. Right. Correct. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Industrial Revolution is sort of in full force. It's yep. just right. kicking up. Right. Uh, and she she decides to get on probably a steamship. I would imagine. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, and and it's probably a three week passage or something like that. Something like that. Yep. Yeah. And she and she comes to America. Probably speaks absolutely zero English. I'm guessing that's the case. Yeah. Yep. And ends up. Uh, this is pre Ellis Island. So she right. just, I, I don't think they even had immigration at the time. She no. would have just kind of rolled off the boat and done whatever she's going to do yeah. Yeah. and, and managed to find her way to North Minneapolis. Well, here's the, their, their story was her husband, my grandfather, Adam, uh, her, her maiden name was Patsina. His, uh, name was Galeski. So Apollonia Patsina married Adam Galeski and he was a coal miner, um, so which was a very common profession. Yeah, it was often sure. why mm-hmm. people were coming right. was to work in the mines. Right. So they followed the mines from uh, Pennsylvania to uh-huh. Ohio to Iowa, mm-hmm. and then every time a vein would dry up, then that then they moved. Move. So they yep. followed along, and then when um, they got to Iowa and. Um, so there, I think we skipped over something really yeah. quick, though. So mm-hmm. they had already met. And they had, they, they'd come they'd over to get married. Yeah, my understanding was they had, I'm not sure when they married. I think they married here. Oh, oh, oh wait a minute. So, so. Uh, that's a part that I didn't quite catch. So right. 
So one's Polish, one's Ukrainian, you said? No. Polish. Yeah, the Slovakian. Slovakian, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Polish and Slovakian, they had met somehow. Well, they were both Polish. So they the Slovakian the Slovakian side was my grandfather. Okay. So my grandma was hundred percent Polish and my grandpa was hundred percent Slovakian. But your but the great great grandparents were both Polish. Correct. And they were from the same small town. Correct. And they were she was not going to be allowed to marry the man because her sisters were not marrying that mm-hmm. I got. And they right. moved over here together, and were they married sort of quickly after they got here? Had they married prior to coming? We don't really know that. Okay. We don't have a marriage certificate for them. Okay. Um, we only have this baptismal certificate, ironically. Mm-hmm. So I'm not but, exactly sure. Well, and and so whether it was a formal wedding or not, there was a there was a commitment between these two people to move to the United States right. to follow his right. career, right. and she would come with right. him. Right. Uh, they travel across the country. They end up in Iowa. And and that was where my grandmother was born in, okay. in 1904. Jeez Louise. So, yep. And then they had go on to have two other children. But it's not, and unfortunately, it's, well, it is a story of tremendous resilience, but it's, it's not a happy story for my great-grandma at least, because the mine started to dry up in Iowa. They ran on hard times. They moved up to Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. So, And my grandfather just never really adjusted to not working in a mine. And so he moved mm-hmm. back. And um, moved back to Iowa. Okay. Uh, thinking he could maybe find some work in a mine, um, and and he became an alcoholic, which was unfortunate. I think it was just sure, a big that's hard work, big, hard I mean, work, hard. and far from home, and wife with three kids, and so this yeah. great grandma of mine, though, um, was an incredibly resilient human being, and got a job that included housing for herself and. My grandma and her brother and sister, my uncle, <laughs> uncle Joe and Aunt, Aunt Fernie, mm-hmm. um, in a boarding house. She ran a boarding house, which was not uncommon. Sure. So single men coming to the big city to work. Mm-hmm. Um, they got one room for the four of them, and she cooked during the day. And then she went downtown and worked in um, at the phone company doing uh, cleaning. She scrubbed toilets at the phone company at night. Yeah. So okay. she ran the boarding house during the day and she scrubbed toilets yeah. um, in that beautiful building that used to be Northwestern Bell's building, which is still downtown Minneapolis. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, isn't, uh, uh, anyway, isn't Skid Row, isn't that where, isn't that what the boarding houses were called? Am I wrong? But I've, it, um, it's I not know. important, but I mean, yeah. I, I think before that was a derogatory thing. Right. It was, right. That was what it was. Right, right. But, Right. And I, so. I know there's there's a there's some sort of historical society or or there's a there's a lot of history in Minneapolis around those boarding houses right. and the the men that would come mm-hmm. here to work. Yep. And yep. I've seen some old. Right. There's, there was some big photographic thing that came out a few years ago that I was really interested. Right. So I have a question. So when you're sure. back and and the priest right father right. is right. pulling out these. These right. things that are mm-hmm. locked. I mean, were you able to? Can could you take those papers? Or I could they, not take those papers, and, but I took photographs of everything. Yeah, I was so. Ask I, I you just, I that. you know, they had they were they were bound books mm-hmm. that whenever whenever there was an event, a church event, whether that mm-hmm. was a baptism, a confirmation, a marriage, a death, 
um, that was recorded in in these in books. The books. Sure. So, and so I imagine you were taking photographs on film too. Right. Because right, it was the 1990s. Right. Right. Yeah, right. Just love no, all no digital. I mean, right. you know, think of how things so, have changed. In yeah. a relatively short period of time. Oh, I don't feel that old. No, this so. has been pretty pretty oh, fast. Oh, it's very fast. I, mean, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, a lot is, yeah. So I, I just love, so your, your great grandfather, their their marriage it falls apart or their relationship falls apart. Right, right. And he returns to Iowa. Yep. Um, is he? I, I he's assume buried he's, in Iowa. Okay, and I assume he's not sending money back or anything. Well, you don't really necessarily I don't, know. No, I don't really know any of that. That you know, it wasn't really discussed. Um, all I know from my grandma, so that as a young, so she was again to help support her family. My my grandma. Um, left school at 13 and she worked in the Fisher Paper Box building in mm-hmm. down in the North Loop. Yeah, if, you've, if you've been there, it's oh, right yeah. it's right uh, next to the Monte Carlo. And that literally, it was a factory that assembled paper boxes. Mm-hmm. So if you think of of any any use you can have for a paper box, whether it's shipping something or in those days, department stores. I think she worked on department store boxes and then mm-hmm. eventually he, she made her way into the office. But she, at the age of 13, lied yeah. um, to get her, get her first job, job in the at the Fisher paper box. Probably probably lied and told him that she was 14. Or right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, the, the labor laws right. back then were pretty yeah. loose, right. I think. Right. Um, does she remember your great grandfather? Does she remember her she, father? She had yes. Or did she? She remembers. Um, Is she, she still a, alive? She, she passed away in two thousand four as a ninety eight year old. Yeah. Or yeah. no, two thousand must have been two thousand because she was born in oh four. So she was ninety eight when she died right. in the early aughts. And uh, wow, um, we had a wonderful relationship. She was really and still is one of my absolute favorite people. Mm-hmm. Um. And she has a few memories that she was willing to share. Some were, you know, the painful ones she never shared with me, but I heard about them from others when her dad was mm-hmm. not well. Um, but she remembers that when he would come home and probably stopping at a bar on the way, he would get uh, shelled peanuts and bring those. And he would uh, hide those in his pockets and then, ha- you know, call for mm-hmm. the kids and have those them come up and get the peanuts out of his pockets. And This is very similar to... Uh my alcoholic great grandfather's, <laughs> yeah. you know, like just sort of the, the, it was, I think maybe rock candy or something, you know, like right. little candies in the pockets. Yeah, and, for sure. And right. that sort of it's bought kinda... favor with the kids, which bought favor with the wives because, yes, you stop, uh, clearly you stop by the bar on the way home, but at least the kids are happy to see you. Right. right. You, you got, got different peanuts. era. You got right. a little something. Right. Yeah. Right. And and then she has one other really, I think this is a lovely memory. At some point, and I, I, she needed a paper signed by her dad. And I don't know what this was. Mm-hmm. I think maybe it was something that her mom needed to get signed to get a pension from the phone company or something along those lines. I, it's a little unclear what needed to get signed, but she had to her mother sent her as a young woman, as I think she was 18, on the train down to Iowa with this paper that she needed to have her father sign. He was still living at the time. How they knew this, where they knew how to find right. it, I don't know. Right. So many unanswered questions. Yeah. Um, no matter how many times you ask. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, she went down on the train to this little town in Iowa and 
um, she was, she remembers pulling into the station and looking out the window, looking for her father and all these little kids were running up and laughing and joking and pointing to her and she got off and she didn't realize what was happening. They thought she was their new teacher. They had a one-room schoolhouse in this little town, and they were awaiting the arrival of a new teacher, and they thought she was the teacher. Oh, goodness. And so um, <laughs> so she just... Um, Going actually, back I think in she, time. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, as someone who worked in a factory her whole life, uh, well, at least that part of her life, um, you know, I think she was a little pleased with thinking that, oh, they thought I was a teacher. Right. So, right. so Catherine, you have kids... I do. Yep. And do they know? And also now I'm gathering. Mm -hmm. You're like, would you, are you the family historian in some ways, do you think? You know, I am, but I'm not a very good one. I think I've been so busy the last few years um, or say the last 20 years. Um, At least the last eight months for (laughs) sure. Yes, (laughs) exactly. Um, That I just, you know, I, there's so much I would like to do and so Mm -hmm. more, so much more I would like to yeah. explore um, i mean i i'm you know i don't so I'll, we didn't know these stories i i mean this um, is honestly but it really makes sense to too your interest then also in andalin and, and oh for you know sure. and thinking of you know how are you handing these stories down to your kids right you know right. and maybe they already know that you know maybe they i don't um, know that's you know, what i was getting at you well know? you know yes and no and i think even there's some things that you know, we would want to share amongst my my cousins and, you know, in a, a bigger way. When I came back, I had uh, I'd taken both photos and slides, and so I actually prepared a presentation and gave it to my family. Oh, God, <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> but, slides. You know, a little slideshow on everything. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I haven't really done much with it since. Okay. Um, I probably do have people I'm related to there. Nobody in the book really, um, go, going back to the village in Poland, nobody there really still lived there. There wasn't anybody they say, oh, okay, you're definitely related to this person. And that was a big question I was going to yeah, circle back on. I was going to ask you, actually, have yeah. you done Ancestry or any of... I've not done Ancestry, and that's just sort of my personal... Um, you know, the way the... The, those things are structured right now. I I want to own, be the only person that owns my data, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's been sort of a philosophical. It, sure, um, it's kind of the early days of this stuff. It is. I mean, it, it. Granted, it's been around a while. We've been doing this, but I think it will evolve. I think yes. that there will be. Uh, it, it will look different five or ten years from now than it looks right now. Right. right. How that data I, is treated I, I, and. I, I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. I think it's becoming just more into the consciousness around what that is, you know what what that means and mm-hmm. and what you can do with that data because there's a a lot of information there. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, uh, but there are other ways that I could get at that. There's a you know they they were just saying if you wanted to explore that more there, at some point the church ceased to be the repository for documents and there was a. There was a courthouse in the next town where I could mm-hmm. have done additional research if I had more time. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I was kind of time boxed by the. I re- I really only had a day there because we were dependent on Renata and mm-hmm. and, and this borrowed and, vehicle in the, the car. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know that. But I I felt like I learned a lot, and I, 
they took me out. Every every little church has a cemetery a- attached to it, and they took me out. And basically, most of the graves in that area it was very. Uh, it was a. It was known as an area of resistance towards the end of the war, and mm-hmm. a lot of people died in very short order, yeah. as they kind of rolled as the Nazis rolled through. And uh, so, when you go out into the cemetery, there are oftentimes the graves are don't have names on them. Mm-hmm. They will just be a headstone with a number, and that's the number of bodies buried in that in that, oh. grave, in that grave. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah so um, a lot of history lost. Yeah, right. I mean, I've yeah visited Germany. I lived in Germany for just, just five or six months, but it was, uh, I, my understanding of Poland, like in my mind, Poland looks a lot like the German countryside sort of, was it a beautiful place? Oh my gosh. It's, it really is very, very, very beautiful. Um, Yeah. And, you know, I'm imagining, I went back one other time after that, but it was more to visit. Uh, Renata had wanted me to come back, and I felt like I owed her a trip to mm-hmm. go someplace. And we went hiking in the Tatri Mountains together. And that was, it's just extraordinary. I mean, it's right. its forests and trees and waterfalls and mountains. And, um, yeah, it was it was really, the, the natural beauty is really quite extraordinary. Krakow, remarkably, was not destroyed um, mm-hmm. too much during the war so they still have some of their old architecture right um which is really you know wonderful to see and um so yeah i would like to go back and i i'd like it if my son would go back with me if mm-hmm. he, if i could get him to do that at some point um, absolutely and how so, old is your son he's now 22 okay so yeah maybe maybe not at the uh, traveling with mom age, right. but maybe, you know, I mean, that's, that would be yeah. now, uh, if you're listening, what's his name? Rory. <laughs> Rory. Uh, now would be the right time to do this. You let your mother pay for this whole thing. You guys can have a good time. You can, you can even have a drink with her if, if you're into that sort of stuff. Sounds pretty good. Um, you know, yeah. that you can go see the Polish countryside. The whole thing would right. be great. We, we could do that. Yeah. Although he's in New Zealand for probably 18 months right now so okay. yeah, have, got, uh, he is he will be traveling with me but in new zealand <laughs> yeah i've got friends down in new zealand and uh, i'm so jealous. what is he doing there is he he received something didn't he, he he's a fulbright, fulbright scholar yeah. so oh, he's in new yeah. zealand um studying and doing research and uh, and also he he i've been informed he has purchased a camp van which is oh, a very new yeah. zealand thing yeah, to do totally. so and, cool uh, He's named it Scooby, and Scooby and Rory are headed to the seaside for the weekend to surf. So I can't, you know, Jeez he's Louise. living the life. Well, I don't feel bad for kind of Rory. Nice. He might not make that trip. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll go. I don't know. I don't know. How <laughs> I'll take his place. <laughs> there's right. not a lot of surfing uh, in Poland. He's super of, smart, too. What a jerk. <laughs> Camp a van, surfing, right. super smart. Mm, yeah. I don't know. Well... Whatever, Rory. Anyway, traveling around the world, but That's cool. I'm not jealous. Um, <laughs> Me either. Yeah, yeah. What's to be jealous of? Well, so, so did your great grandmother? Once the wars mm-hmm. happened, there was mm-hmm. there, that was the end of communication. That with was sisters, mother, father, any no relatives. Letters. All nothing. letters stopped. They sent letters. They never were returned, but they were never. Mm-hmm. They just you know, never. They were never responded to. So they don't. They have no idea exactly. Right. And those what happened? Yeah, mm-hmm. 
I, you know, we, we don't really do politics on, on this and this isn't a political issue really, but, um, the, you know, the scars of war persist everywhere. Yes. I mean, there's, we have the scars of, of Indian wars in our own state here. We have scars of, uh, the different wars that have been fought on on American soil. You go to Europe and the wounds are still there. And yes, they do scab over and yes, things do improve with time, but they're never gone fully. And right, that's, right. it's amazing to me because we, I mean, we have such an opportunity as humans to, you know, embrace our humanity and, and know one another on these different levels yet we sometimes get into these things where we just decide to roll through and kill everyone and it's terrible yeah so and that was the so that was the end of she so i imagine yeah but i can imagine that it was um i i don't know what would be going on in the late 1800s but was do you have any sense of whether your family was disappointed with her for leaving Poland at the time and coming to America? Or was that kind of an adventurous, kind of happy thing? I think there was somewhat of a disappointment that they missed each other a lot. Um, there was one letter uh, amongst the letters that uh, informed my great-grandma that her mother had passed away. And uh, my grandma told me that she remembers her mom just crying and crying and crying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That she had... And do you have any any yeah. idea at that point how long it had been since she had seen her mother? Um, probably, oh, it could have been, well, my grandma was a lot, it could, it could have been probably about 20, 15, 20 years after she, yeah, right. she arrived here. So and she had had a, children in the United States that her mother, mother never got never to... Never saw. Right. Brothers and sisters right. never got right. to meet. Right. Yeah, what right. a... Not a connected world. Once you left, you really left. And yeah, that's, that was, you know, yeah. the I mean, Irish have a, I have a good friend, uh, Irish friend, um, and they, you know, they call those Irish wakes. You leave, mm-hmm. you, you have a big party before you leave because you're not coming back. Right. Yeah. My, uh, my great grandmother, no, my, my grandmother, not great grandmother. My grandmother was a, uh, an Irish immigrants orphan in New mm-hmm. York and rode the, immigrant train mm-hmm. uh the orphan train i should say across the united states and was dropped off in god i want to say iowa but it may have traveled to minneapolis and then picked up it was minneapolis and mm-hmm. then picked up by a family she was like three years old and uh that you know we i don't know that we have any understanding of who no. now that her family was this for. is a side note of course but her coat is the one that's in the smithsonian it is yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it was. So my family has, most of us have a copy of this great picture. The Pat Node Mm -hmm. family picked up my grandmother and it's like a, you know, it's probably a Model T or Model A or whatever, but one one of the old, old, old vehicles uh, with my three-year-old cute little grandmother in a like petticoat or Mm peacoat? What is it? Uh, Peacoat? Peacoat. Yeah. And and she's got this little lace white dress on. This is what the the orphans would have. When you were trying to get rid of the orphans, you wanted them to look cute. To look cute, so they were dressed. She was just adorable, little hat and everything mm-hmm. else. And uh, she's got an egg in each hand, and she's got mm-hmm. this big grin on her face because the what what she says she remembers this day, 
even though she was very, very young. Uh, but she said that uh, the orphanage only ever gave them oatmeal and an, to get an egg was a really she knew that she had been placed with a wealthy family because mm. she got an egg because she got eggs, two yeah. of them. Yeah, it was like a yeah. huge day for her, uh-huh. the protein wow. and the egg. And uh, but the her entire outfit, that family saved that outfit. And uh, just last year, I think it was donated to the Smithsonian. It's going to yeah. be on display. I don't know. They've. I'm in communication with yeah. them. They're going to let me know when it's up. but Because okay. we're going to yeah. handle in it. <laughs> of course. Of course I'm going to handle in it. Of course you are. I mean, yeah. but I, I do think the... I don't think we've had anyone in here talk this much about a family history story. Mm. No, uh-uh, mm. we haven't. Yeah, and and I mean... It, you you kind of have me on the edge of my seat the whole time yeah. because I love this stuff. And I it's... It illustrates a point that I think we try and make on the podcast. Uh, it's life and legacy, right? Mm-hmm. Is that every family has these interesting stories somewhere oh, in their yeah. history. Right. Yeah. You know? Right. Jim's Jim's story is getting more and more interesting by the day on, a, on account of yeah. 23andMe or whatever. Yeah. So he did decide to give up his wow. DNA to the man. Yeah. Everyone's got To the machine. Everyone's got my DNA <laughs> Everyone's now. got a piece of Jim. They do. So, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, this is incredibly interesting. Yeah. Well, thanks for inviting me on. Yeah. This I, has been really fun. Yeah. We don't, uh, we've got a few more minutes. So, we'll, okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're okay. going to skip through the break oh, and just, we'll just do a few I more minutes. Figured we were doing. Yeah. It's too interesting. Plus, we've had it pointed out to us that our breaks are pointless because on the radio, it's, it, there's it's no, not really, a break. there's no break. It's, but they're for us, um, right? Unless you need to take a break. No, I'm to. I'm good. So where do you live mm-hmm. right now? You're, South you're Minneapolis. Here. Yep. Yep. South Minneapolis. Uh, where in yep. South? Um, well, you don't have to give exact Parkway in the Portland <laughs> Portland in the Parkway. Yeah, just just yeah. curious because I'm yeah. I'm like yep. in Comus area. So. Yeah, so we're really close. I think yeah. we I think we've talked about this in the I past. We're pretty see, close. This is why I'm building a memory preservation app because yeah. I, we could talk about it 10 <laughs> times and I would not remember, well, I never yeah. remember anything. I really I'm need terrible. it. So no, I don't we, remember anything. Yep. Yeah. Until I've been to someone's house or, or right, whatever. And even right. then there's I'll a chance. I'll forget about it yeah. right. weeks later. Right. But no. no, generally we're on Portland in the parkway and, and uh, we've been there oh, next fall. It'll be 20 years, which is a long time to live in a house. But yeah, but, we did um, a, uh, one of our, business partners and and the office manager mm-hmm. his uh father-in-law mm-hmm. has a place Lifts right over there yep mm-hmm. yeah 54th and, yeah and yeah portland it's a great mm-hmm. neighborhood yeah so, yeah i love it over there right so yeah even though uh my mom was a northeast girl and my dad was a a dinky town guy yeah. mm-hmm. um you know i i was spent most of my growing up years in edina okay but uh I always wanted to get back to the city. I always was like, I mourned the fact that I grew up without sidewalks. Oh. And I would say this to my mom on a regular basis. Yeah. Why can't we have sidewalks like grandma has Does at he, her house? Does Dinah not have sidewalks? Not in my neighborhood that I grew up on. I have mixed on the feelings west about side. sidewalks now. Yeah. Do you, do you like them or do not? Do you not like them? It's, I, I, it, 
I had no, I had no idea we would be talking about sidewalks, but I, I have really put a lot of thought into sidewalks lately. Okay, well, let's hear it, Sam. You want, you want yeah. to hear about? Yeah. I mean, you I was, like it or not? Is it Sam's podcast or? Is it? Right. Well, right. I get accused you've, of, of you've talking. You've gotten to a lot of time in, Catherine, which oh, is which is good. So out of fairness, right? I'm just, right. I'm just, just saying. <laughs> just giving Jim a hard time. No, the reason. No, I mean it's a good thing because yeah, usually yeah. you're. True. I'm usually yeah. talking a lot. So do you thumbs up or thumbs down on sidewalks? Well, here's yeah. the reason I've been thinking about sidewalks. This is how this all works. We have a, so in building Andalin, mm-hmm. um, we've created this way of, of digitizing the memory of things right. and, and sharing right. it and disseminating it and, and all of that. And uh, we have another client who's happens to be darn near a relative, if not a relative of Jim's mm-hmm. that we found out through Ancestry. His company, Plantra, deals with growing trees. Oh, sure. So we we get in a conversation with him, with Joe, about trees. And he, in in the course of, what, 15, 20 minutes I stand yeah. with him, he, yeah. he explains to me kind of all of what what was lost when Dutch Elm came through yeah. Minneapolis. How the, yeah. how the trees in the 60s and 70s, the streets were, were tree-covered. Yeah. And, and it was that idyllic elm landscape where you would drive through and and you know big canopy above you right and all of that went away in the early 70s or late 70s right. whatever with with those Dutch trees elm. covered up a lot of bad architecture yeah yeah <laughs> you know so here's this beautiful scene well now the, the minneapolis i know we don't have a very good canopy right now right. not at all because then we did Elms, or right. not elms, but ash, and now the emerald ash borer has taken those out. Right. Mm-hmm. And there were some mistakes made. So now when I walk along and I see the trees, I see these trees that I know are unhealthy for these reasons that he has explained, explained yeah. to me and pointed yeah. out. And I look and I think, oh man, we are screwing this up. We need to make a, a better tree canopy over Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. And then I look at all the sidewalks and the trouble that the trees cause with the sidewalks. Oh. And I think, oh, yeah. man, should we just do away with, like, why do we, sidewalks. why do we cover so much of this with, with concrete that is troubled? Or, or could we do sidewalks of a different material that are more like, uh, flexible and some yes, ways. The, yeah. they have these earth, earth mm-hmm. um, it's like a plastic grid right. that yeah. moves with it. And that keeps it stable, but um, allows mm-hmm. moisture to penetrate. Mm-hmm. Too. I, so I've just been thinking a ton about it. So you bring up sidewalks, well, and I never thought of that. I would be for you know exploring different materials. I think sidewalks are incredibly important to building community. I agree. I, yeah, um, I do too. You know, in yeah. my neighborhood, people walk up and down the sidewalks. Little kids learn how to ride their bikes on the sidewalks. All the way around my block. Um, mm-hmm. You know, older people can. Well, you can meet your neighbors on the sidewalk. You meet your neighbors on the sidewalk. Um, I snow blow from end to end on my block so that I can meet my neighbors. (laughs) I love it. They're like, oh my gosh, here comes Sam with the snow. I know, and I have one of those little teenie tiny ones. Like, but I do anyway. They probably love it. But even as a kid, I was like, I I realized that we lost something by not having sidewalks. I I didn't have sidewalks either on my block. So Edina just. Uh, in much of Edina doesn't well, have... It, we lived in West Edina, just no, sure. not far from the high school, and that we didn't have sidewalks. We've done work over there. I can think I of the neighborhoods that don't, don't have sidewalks. I think there are sidewalks still over there. Well, there? And, and no, some, some of the bigger streets, like they put in a sidewalk that goes up the big hill to the high school because kids yeah. walk to school. But yeah. but in, in my block, around my neighborhood, they didn't have sidewalks. And I would go and visit both of my grandmas in the city and love... Yeah. 
love the, the fact that we had sidewalks. Yeah, and, I think they're uh, very important, and I love the I love the yeah. boulevard, and I love the trees planted in the boulevard. But uh-huh. I think yeah. I think it's time for us as humans to to rethink <laughs> how we do that right. so that we can have right. the luxury of having sidewalks. Right. And we can grow nicer trees. Right. Isn't Minneapolis designed to that um, there's a park every six blocks? Something like that. We have yeah. more parks urban than, parks than almost, I, maybe I, I almost it, every major city in the United yeah, States. I, I think that's we're part like. Of the, no, that's, yeah. I think the it's Theodore Worth that isn't, wasn't. Theodore Worth planned the urban park system. Yes. Right. And I, I think that we're known for the Grand Rounds, which mm-hmm. is, you know, mm-hmm. most of our urban lakes have a buffer zone of mm-hmm. whatever it is right. 200 yards or yeah. something where there's right. no houses so everyone can enjoy it right and then yeah every, every we have more green blocks, spaces I think is what it is with the yeah. park there has to be a park or there's right. parks there everywhere right. yeah it's right. really pretty sweet i signed my son up for baseball last night and we had to our local park was uh their team was full mm-hmm. so we we had to drive you know 12 blocks or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> whatever yeah. it is up to a, <laughs> another park. But there were so many kids and people yeah. and adults, just everyone, everyone out. Was out yeah. Just like a happy day in Minnesota. Well, we didn't mention the weather, which we usually oh, do. Oh, God, it's gorgeous. You know? so finally, finally. Finally summer. We've, we've come out of the deep, dark spin of winter. Yes. I know. I know. We're it's so like, Minnesotan. I mean, usually we start our podcast out with... Uh, oh, today it's raining or snowing, and today it's actually really quite nice. Uh, there'll be a little color in people's. I mean, and I'm talking a very little. Oh, we'll have weekend, some color. Everything's going to green up. Yeah, right. It already yeah. is. The other lines it's are looking. sort of that happy time before you finish shoveling, but you don't have to mow yet. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> You're right. We got two weeks of yeah. something real beautiful here. Uh huh. Um, so. Yeah, you're, uh, was there anything we left unfinished no, in the I family think I, story? I wasn't sure that we were, you know, um, you know, uh, I just really value that part of my life and mm-hmm. that I have that history and I have that connection and I hope that I can uh, continue to preserve it. And so, yeah, I think uh, we, the you know, part of the point of doing the podcast was to we like long form conversation, you know, I, mm-hmm. it's, I, every single episode has been interesting from my perspective and Jim's perspective, just getting to know people and, right. and slowing down for this an hour. This is very and cool talking. because we never actually sit and talk in, mm. in this manner. You no, know, I would have never known that about your history. And now yeah. I know you're Polish and right. Slovenian, Slovak, Slovakian, Slovakian Czechoslovakia. Yeah. Yeah. So That's terrible. now just Slovakia, because yeah. now, again, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> like getting down to the to the various ethnic groups. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, there's just and there's just so much more to learn, even about growing up in Northeast Minneapolis. There's just so much here. Um, there really in the is. neighborhoods, there's you know there's a different church on every corner because mm-hmm. everybody that came and and settled here had their own church. Yeah, um, Northeast is really interesting. I mean, it's really a melting pot of of, of a lot of a lot of different groups. So uh-huh. it's it's. Uh, I think I think all of Minneapolis. I'm just just going to throw yeah. it out there. I mean, I know there's a lot of history in Northeast, and, right. and there's a lot of immigrant history in Northeast. But um, as you look around the city, there's there's little pockets. We've got a lot of Hmong. We've got, yep. uh, you know, we've got just 
a bunch of different ethnic groups that have moved in over the years that are are finding their way here and making right. our city just right. that much nicer. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Rich. It's very yeah, I I love the the richness and the diversity that that has kind of grown here over the years. So, yep. you know, we have a lot of recent immigrants here, you know, if you in Minneapolis public I think a friend mm-hmm. was telling me uh, who works in Minneapolis public schools. We have 84 different languages that are spoken in Minneapolis right. public schools. <laughs> right. You know, so it continues to this day. It's not just legacy. It's, and it's I life. Know, mm-hmm. I know that causes some angst, mm-hmm. you know, amongst some people. I And I, I get the change is tough or whatever, but I... you. It's there is a richness in in the diversity here in Minneapolis. I, well, I really it's, enjoy. it's the you know, it's it's how life in general thrives. Biologists talk about the absolute essentialness of biodiversity. Right. I think communities are no different. Right. right. Uh, we have to have a lot of diversity to in order to continue. You know, in, to thrive. In, in in business, we say grow or die. Well, same is true for everybody. Right. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I dropped a, uh, a check off at the bank yesterday, and there's a Russian gal who's, you know, she's probably been there six months or whatever. Right. And, and she, I once told her about the Andalin app and she's like totally in love with it. Can't wait to, for it to come out. And I know she speaks Russian. She's extremely fluent. She has ha- hardly any accent in English. Yeah. And then yesterday she was, we, there was a Hispanic patron in there and she's totally fluent just rattle it off it's all spanish and she's got it 100%. oh yeah and i'm i was just embarrassed for myself like <laughs> <laughs> ah, i've it. always admired people who can speak mu- multiple languages i know fluently. yeah yeah so, w- with ease yeah well you two we uh we have we have killed a good hour and i think this was a ton of fun Catherine. thanks for coming in well thanks for having me yeah, yeah. um we'll have you back again and we'll okay. have uh Lauren and Jay and Adam, whoever wants to come in. Um, But we'll do we'll do a little series talking about uh, tech, because I I know we didn't talk a ton. I would like to explain to people how you take a complex or not even complex, but a set of problems that that Mm -hmm. really need Mm -hmm. a digital solution and how you start thinking about why it should be digital and what what advantage there will be in that. So but some of the right. challenges too. I mean, you, you know what that entails. Yeah. Be because interesting. I think one of our, one of our early kind of, you know, it's a double edged sword, maybe strengths and weaknesses was that we didn't, we didn't come from a digital background. Mm-hmm. So we were, it were able to look at the problems that we need to solve from a construction yeah. art, mm-hmm. you know, this well, from this world we're in, you know. yeah. I think that this is uh, it's it's something that's happening in business lately, where you're they're throwing people not from the field, right? In, at least put a couple of people not from the field into the box there, mm-hmm. so that they can change things a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, no, be- I, one of the things I love uh, about working with Lauren and our team, and really the sort of our core values in starting mobile composers, we were solving problems. Yep. The technology was is just a way to solve a problem or address a need. We're not we're not coding just to be coding. We mm-hmm. are, you know right. and I think that's you're, where people get hung up. They think they think if you say app, they think, oh you're gonna you know right. clash of clans or 
Candy right. Crush. You're, right. you're going to make me a game, are you? Like, mm-hmm. no, actually, I'm going to make your life a lot easier. Just like right. when I get on my phone and I say, hey, uh, I'd like to go here today. And right. it's like, sure, here's your route. Mm-hmm. This is right. what you do. You know, right. Right. that's a solution. So, right. right. So, well, that's great. We'll uh, we'll have you in again and uh, we'll continue this chat sort of as a, a a side thing, but I'm really thankful for you uh, talking about your family, and Thank that was you. a super Thank interesting you. story. Thank Thanks, you. Catherine. Thanks both of, to both of you. Yeah. All, All right. right. Okay. Take All care. Right. Bye. Bye. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. We love comments and feedback, so go ahead and let us have it. If you'd like to learn more about Andalin and other legacy projects, visit the website at andalin.app or kineticlegacy.us. Take care. Mm-hmm.